Welcome, fellow explorers. My name is Christian Alexanderson, and this is Hemlocks to Hellbenders, a podcast highlighting Pennsylvania's parks, forests, and great outdoors. One of the most difficult aspects of traveling is the time and energy it takes to plan a trip. You have to figure out transportation, lodging, activities, and food. You have to figure out what to pack. You have to figure out what to do if it rains. You have to make sure the trip is enjoyable for you and your guests. But as difficult as it can be, the planning phase of any trip is the most important. A trip lives and dies by its planning. As Benjamin Franklin once said, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And when it comes to visiting our parks and forests, even more planning is involved. It can be overwhelming at times. But today, we're here to help. I'm excited to welcome Emily Scalzo to the podcast. Emily is a Pennsylvania-based blogger and travel planner. She develops hiking guides, trip itineraries, and getaway ideas for clients. You can follow her on Instagram at Emily underscore Scalzo. Emily, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Hey, Christian. Thanks so much for having me. I found you through your Instagram page where you highlight your trips in and outside of Pennsylvania. Then I discovered your website. What made you become a blogger and a content creator? Yeah, so I started my Instagram page and blog back in 2019 as just basically a means to share my love of traveling and hiking with others. Uh, I really enjoy planning and researching for my own travels, and I usually refer to other people's blogs when I'm planning my own trips. So starting my own blog and Instagram page really felt like a natural thing for me to do. Um, And with my blog and Instagram, my ultimate goal is to inspire others to get out there and seek out their own adventure. Um, With sharing the ins and outs of my trips and hikes, I really just hope to show others that traveling is possible, um, even if you don't have a large budget or a large amount of you know, PTO, I do it. So it's, it's really more so a means um, to show others that they can do it too. When did you get the travel bug? I think that my first real interest in traveling um, began after I studied abroad in Ghana during college. I spent a month there and it really opened my eyes to all the amazing things that you can experience if you just step out of your comfort zone and visit somewhere new. Um, once I traveled to Ghana, I started creating a bucket list of different places that I wanted to go. And I feel like each time I travel now, I discover more and more places that I want to travel to. So my bucket list just keeps getting longer and longer. (laughs) What do you love most about traveling? My favorite thing about traveling is basically the adventure that comes along with all of it. Um, you know, seeing new places, especially for, you know, those in nature, that's really my big interest. Um, but trying new things and challenging myself, um, that's really what I love about traveling. Um, you know, I think a lot of my travels really involve hiking. And so being able to tackle, uh, you know, a hiking trail or something um, like that, that I've been looking forward to for a long time, uh, proving to myself that I can do it is really something I really enjoy. So yeah, I really enjoy adventure travel um, where most of our activities involve hiking or other outdoor activities. Um, It's just a great breakup of our day-to-day life. um, And I just really love experiencing all the natural beauty that our world has to offer. What led you to begin spending more time in Pennsylvania? I think the pandemic was what really sparked my further interest in finding places to hike and travel to within the state of Pennsylvania. Um, I started exploring more of the state parks locally, and I learned about the abundance of state parks within PA. I wasn't, I knew that there were state parks that, you know, I knew they existed, but I had no idea how, how many of them there were. Um, So with the pandemic, I just started to discover more about the places that we can visit here in Pennsylvania. 
And I'm just finding that there's so many amazing places to see and explore right in our backyards. Um, sometimes you just have to do a little bit of searching and, um, you know, do a little bit of researching, but that really, I think the pandemic has really propelled me, um, towards finding unique places in, in Pennsylvania to explore. So I became an absolute state park nerd during the pandemic, and then I discovered your content. I absolutely, truly love and enjoy everything that you put out. It just makes me so happy to see somebody who lives in Pennsylvania that really shows appreciation for Pennsylvania and shares that passion with other people. What was it that made you fall in love with Pennsylvania state parks? Uh, there's so many things I love about the PA state parks. One of the first things that I just really love about the parks is how many of them there are. Um, you know, being in Bucks County, PA, that's where where I live, you know, there's six, six state parks within my county alone. So there's always a convenience of being able to go and, you know, spend some time in nature um, at one of our state parks. Like there's just so many of them, it's, it's awesome. Um, but aside from that, uh, you know, the parks being free. I think that that is amazing. You go to some other states and you have to pay admission fees, which, you know, most, most of the time it's marginal, but being able to go to any of our state parks and just being able to walk right in, I, I just think that's amazing. Um, and then also for me being a dog mom, <laughs> I love that our, our parks are dog friendly. Um, I really enjoy bringing our dog Toby with us on our hikes. Um, so it's just, it's great that the, the parks allow dogs as well. One of the things I'm most interested in that you offer is travel planning. What kind of travel planning do you do? How do you work with clients to plan trips? I'm a total travel planning nerd. I love doing all the research and planning uh, that goes into preparing for a trip, um, especially to national parks and state parks. Um, but I realized that not everyone else enjoys that process and that planning can actually be a pretty overwhelming um, thing for, for others. So that's why I started um, offering travel planning service as a service to others. I want to take the stress out of planning so that people can go and enjoy their dream adventure. I can do the planning for you so you don't have to. Um, when working with a client, I usually complete uh, an interview with them, whether it's over email or over the phone. Um, and I just take that time to gauge their interests, gauge their budget, what their travel dates are, those kinds of things, um, just to get an idea of what they're looking for out of their trip. Um, and then I take some time to do some researching and I'll move forward with crafting up like a personalized itinerary for them. Um, and, and then usually I'll go back and forth with the client um, just to adjust things based on their preferences. If there's you know something that they wanted to add or um, remove, that's uh, really easy for me to do. So it's it's usually a collaborative process with with whoever I'm working with. Um, but I just always hope that by providing a travel planning service, someone will you know actually go forward with doing their dream trip. I think I'm a lot like you when it comes to. Uh, travel planning. I have an absolute love of travel planning. Planning it might be as much fun as actually going on it for me. I love being able to go through everything and trying to find the little hidden gems and things like that. Are you like the go-to travel person in your family or like your relationship? Absolutely. <laughs> I get a weird joy out of doing all the researching and planning for a trip. Um, so usually a lot of, you know, if I'm traveling with my husband or extended family, I'm usually the go-to person. Um, and I'm okay with that, you know, I, because I enjoy it. 
but yeah, I, I'm definitely the, the go-to, go-to person when we're planning up a trip. <laughs> yeah. And I think with travel planning, it's like, if you're not a fan of planning it, you almost like don't want to go on the trip because you know how much work it is and you know how much effort it is. I love that effort and I love that work, but then you have somebody who like my wife never wants to plan anything. Doesn't want, that's just not where she, uh, where, you know, her talent lies or her passion lies. So it's important to have people in your family and your relationship and your friends group that are going to be doing the planning. Even if you're not the natural planner, I think there's a lot of steps you can take to plan well. Definitely. Yeah. I, I totally feel that, um, you know, my husband, he, he enjoys traveling, but he's not going to be the one that's going to start, uh, in doing a bunch of research and figuring out where we're going to go. So it, it's nice to have a little bit of balance where, um, I can help him and and he can help me maybe relax a little, you know, there's, um, it's important to, uh, you know, also make time for relaxing on a trip and not jam pack it with, with activities every five minutes. That's certainly something I struggle with. Yes. <laughs> How do you start planning a trip? When I'm planning a trip, I almost start every plan with like a list of points of interest, uh, that I want to visit. And then I map out those spots using my maps on Google Maps. Um, I think it's really helpful to see things spatially and then figure out from there um, what would be the most convenient place to stay, for instance, or you know, if you're flying there, where's the airport in relation to um, the different points of interest that you're hoping to go to, um, seeing where downtown areas are and restaurants, if you're hoping to go out to eat, uh, you know, where is that all relative to the specific hiking trail that you're hoping to go to or, you know, whatever, a museum, whatever it may be. Um, so I almost start every trip with, with doing a personalized, my map on Google maps. I think that really helps too, when you're planning to understand distances, because when I plan things, I put everything, I use the same thing. I use Google maps and I make my points of interest. And I have everything set up and I go, oh, we're just going to go to lunch over here. And then we're going to hit this museum. And it's like, oh, that's a 45 minute drive. And to understand once you have it laid out in front of you, like, oh, you, instead we could eat here and then hit these places. I think it's nice to have that, that map in front of you or that uh, space to where you can really have uh, a visual representation of what your trip can look like or what it should look like. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's something I think a lot of people underestimate when they're, when they're thinking about a trip, especially when you're going to a state park or a national park, driving distances between A and B, it can be, it can be lengthy, you know, and do you want to, you want to make sure that the route that you're taking for the day is going to be efficient in some sense, you know, you want to make sure that you're going from point A to point B and in between those spots, you're hitting up, like you said, you're stopping for, for lunch at some place that's convenient or, um, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Driving distances is a, is a big thing, I think. And I've seen a number of videos online of international travelers and they don't understand if they come to the United States, they're like, oh yeah, New York is nowhere near Los Angeles. I love those videos of where they're like, well, we have a a week planned in the United States and we're going to go to New York on Monday and then Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to be in Chicago and Thursday, Friday is LA. It's like, 
Do you understand you have to take flights to all those places and all that time you're going to spend more time in the airport than you ever will in any of the cities? But I think it's the same thing in Pennsylvania. If you're like, oh, I'm just going to hit these four state parks. It's like, cool, there's 45 minutes to an hour to an hour and a half in between all of those. It's like if you try to hit those in a day, you're going to see maybe the entrance sign and then you're going to, you're going to drive home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's that's something when you're considering planning a trip too. How much of each place do you want to see? You know, are you just trying to see a quick highlight at five places or are you trying to actually enjoy half of a day or a full day at one park and then the next day visiting another park? Um, so that's something also to consider is how much time do you actually want to be spending out of the car versus driving from place to place? What do you recommend people book first to get their trip started? So. If flying is involved, the absolute first thing that I recommend is airfare. Um, having solidified dates of when you're actually traveling and having the timeframes of when you'll be landing somewhere. Um, I think booking airfare first and foremost is, you know, the first thing I would recommend. Otherwise, I think the second thing would be accommodations and included in that, I would also say campsites. Um, you know, if you're a camper, you you may know that some of the PA state parks, their campsites during the summer months, they can get booked up really fast. So if you know, especially if it's a holiday weekend, long weekend, you know that you want to be staying at that campsite. Don't shuffle your feet on it, you know, just just book it. Um, so if if you know the dates that you're hoping to travel, don't drag your feet, um, book your accommodations, including campsites. Everything else I feel like can fall into place. But if you have you're able to get there and you're able to stay there, you can figure everything else out. What's the best way people can gather information for their trip? The World Wide Web, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there's so many options out there. I recommend using Google. I mean, as simple as that sounds, um, you know, if you're looking to go to, let's say, Ricketts Glen State Park, you put in there how to spend one day at Ricketts Glen State Park, you're going to find a, a wealth of information ranging from other individuals' blogs to, um, you know, the, the DCNR website. I think doing a Google search and using other people's experiences uh, is really helpful. Can you give us an example of a state park travel itinerary? Thinking of a three-night itinerary in the Endless Mountains, um, I would include uh, Ricketts Glen State Park and World End, World's End State Park. Um, spending two nights at Ricketts Glen and one night at World's End. Um, so for for a quick little itinerary with that, I would recommend driving up to Ricketts and getting getting settled in that night. Whether you're staying at a campsite or a nearby hotel. Um, and then spend the following full day exploring the park, including the Falls Trail System and Lake Jean. Really enjoy the park that day and then spend, again, another night at Ricketts Glen or in the nearby area. Um, and then the following morning, I re would recommend uh, getting up and driving to World's End, um, going hiking, uh, such as along the High Rocks Trail and go to some of the Canyon Overlooks um, and then spend that third night. Uh, near World's End or camping in the park there. Um, and then that fourth day after your third night, I would, you know, spend some more time in the park before you uh, drive home. 
if you visit our website, hemlockstohelpenders.com slash resources, you can actually find a full state park travel itinerary Emily made free for the listeners, so be sure to check that out. What tools do you recommend to someone planning their own trips? So I really recommend using Google Drive, um, including the use of Google Maps for mapping out the different points of interest, um, Google Docs to take some notes about what you want to do at each place um, and track everything. If you're working on a strict budget, uh, using something like Google Sheets would be really helpful to track your different expenses, um, including your airfare and accommodations, and then also, you know, other expenses if you're looking to book any type of activities or um, go out to eat a few nights. Um, Google Sheets is really helpful uh, for that. Um, if you're an avid hiker, using something like All Trails to look up hiking trails and the current trail conditions, um, All Trails has a very good reputation and you know has a wide variety of um, hiking trails that you can look into. Um, if you're interested in going to one of the Pennsylvania state parks, uh, I would definitely recommend checking out the DCNR website as well. Emily, how can someone make sure that they plan activities that everyone will enjoy? That's a tough question. Um, but I think when you are planning a trip, it's really important to have open communication with those that you're traveling with, um, talking about how you envision the trip with your travel companions and discussing what types of activities everyone is interested in um, is really important. That way you set the expectations amongst the group, um, whether it's just you and one other person or if you're traveling with a large group, I think talking about what everyone is excited about um, can really help narrow down what should be the top priorities for the trip. For example, you know, like my husband, he's usually more interested in history and I'm more interested in hiking. So we normally try to pick one or two things from each of our top lists and kind of combine that um, when we're traveling together. But I think when you're also planning activities, it's okay for not everyone, for everyone to not do everything together. If you're traveling with a large group, um, it's okay for people to break off and do what feels you know, more exciting to, to different people in the group. People can go and do their own thing. You can break off in the morning. Some people can go hiking. Some people can go do, you know, some type of tour and then meet up for lunch in the middle of the day. Um, it's, you know, that's important to keep in mind too. If, you, if you're tra you know, traveling with a large group, um, you don't all have to be doing everything together the whole trip. I think that's a really good point, especially when you go on family vacations. When one side of my family meets, it's 35 people. And so there's some people in our family that go, oh, we should all go out to dinner together. It's like, well, no restaurant has a 35-person table. Also, not everyone, like you said, is going to want to go on a hike. Some people are going to want to go to the winery or the brewery or maybe um, you know, check out these cool stores or go to the downtown. Having that discussion beforehand of saying, it's all right, we're still going to be family if you go to this restaurant we go to another restaurant. Or if you want to go hiking, we're going to go boating. I think it's important to be able to talk to friends, relatives, loved ones, and just kind of have that understanding of just because we're going on a trip doesn't mean we have to do every single thing together. Definitely. And that's something I, I've kind of learned with time too. You know, it's a little bit of trial and error when you're traveling with family as well. Um, you know, some people like to wake up at 6am and some people like to sleep until, you know, 9am. So, you know, just being aware of other people and, um, what types of interests people have, I think that that's can be really helpful um, 
it's obviously different. Like you said, when you're traveling with a group of 35 versus maybe you and your significant other, but um, open communication, it's, it always makes everything easier, I think. How important is it to remain flexible when planning a trip? It is so important. Um, like we've discussed, I am a planner uh, and I, I like to have a good idea of things that we can do during the day. Um, but I also go into every trip knowing that something is likely not to go according to plan. And you have to be okay with that. You know, it, whether it's the weather or a flight getting delayed or whatever it may be, things happen. So you have to remain flexible. Um, as much as you can plan for something, uh, it's okay to know that everything might not go according to plan. Um, I also always leave a little extra time in my itinerary to remain flexible. I don't try to jam pack every single day to the brim with a million different things. Um, it's nice to have a little extra time where if you're really enjoying something, you can spend the time at that spot enjoying it. Or you pass a cool brewery on your, you know, on your travels, you can stop and spend 45 minutes doing one of their tastings. Um, I think also if, if you're, if you're on a longer trip or you're traveling across country, something like that, it's a nice to work in some extra time. If you just want to put your feet up for a little bit or take an afternoon nap, um, you know, traveling can be, if, if you're on the move a lot, it can be tiring. So, um, making sure that you add some flexibility into your day, uh, I think really can, can make a trip enjoy more enjoyable. One of the biggest things for me is always making sure I have activities for rain days. Mm. Because if you're going to have a full outdoor activity planned trip, if you go to the Adirondacks, if you want to spend uh, a bunch of days in Cook Forest, or you want to go here or there, if it's going to be outdoor heavy where you expect to go boating all the time or fishing or kayaking or hiking, you should make sure there's some museums that are going to be open sometimes. You have to make sure there's something to do indoors because if it's raining, a lot of people don't want to go hike in the rain for four hours. But you don't want to hike in the cold range for <laughs> no, for I do not. <laughs> no, I do not want to do that. <laughs> um, no, I t I totally agree with you. Uh, or you have to go into it knowing it's going to be okay to have some downtime. You know, if bring a book with you or play board games or whatever it may be. Uh, yeah, I think having an idea of things to do if the weather is really crummy can can make things more enjoyable. A pack of cards or a handful of dice will save a relationship if you're stuck somewhere in a hotel for four days because there's a hurricane. I <laughs> guarantee it. Yeah, we're, uh, we are an Uno family. So we always have a pack of Uno cards with us <laughs> uh, just to help pass the time if, you know, if need be. What tips would you give someone planning a trip to a state park or forest in Pennsylvania? So I recommend absolutely going to the DCA on our website uh, about the state park or forest uh, to learn about the trails and other activities that, you know, may be available there. If there's a lake, you can find out about boating and the different regulations with that. Same goes for fishing. Um, you know, there's different regulations that you need to look into uh, or, you know, you may need a permit, something like that. So checking out the DCA on our website is the first, first thing I'd recommend for someone to do. Um, they also published information on the current 
conditions or closures. Um, and I think that that is really important to know before you go somewhere. Um, it would be very sad for someone to drive out to, to let's say, Ricketts Glen um, at this point in the year and expect to be able to hike the Falls Trail. And you just drove three, four hours up there um, and you show up and Falls Trail is closed. Um, so having that information before you go somewhere um, is really important and helpful. Um, I'd also recommend going to the DCNR, DCNR website to look about um, camping reservations. Uh, you know, like I said, some campsites can be really competitive, especially on the weekends during the summer months. So um, utilizing the DC, DCNR website would be my number one tip. Yeah, and they've really been doing a, a great job of especially updating hiking trails and understanding if it's an out and back or if it's a loop trail, what's the total distance. And that's one of the number one places I go to, especially when I go to any state park is just understanding like how bad is the elevation? Is mm -hmm. it a most difficult trail? Is it an easy trail? I think the DCNR website is one of the most critical resources for anybody who's actually traveling to state parks and forests in Pennsylvania. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think going in and having an idea for if you're going for hiking, having an idea of the conditions of a specific trail um, is, no, it's important. You don't want to show up in flip flops for a uh, hike that's really actually you know six miles with you know a thousand feet of elevation gain. Um, so having that information ahead of time is is really helpful. Where can people go to find your content and book your travel planning services? I share my content primarily on Instagram. My handle is at Emily underscore Scalzo. Uh, I'm also on Facebook, TikTok, and Pinterest. You can find my blog pieces, information on my travel planning services, and contact information on my website, which is scalingtheglobe.com. Emily, thanks so much for talking to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. It's been nice to chat. I want to thank my guest, Emily Scalzo, for joining the podcast. Be sure to visit our website and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more information about upcoming episodes. This has been Hemlocks to Hellbenders. I'll see you out there. Hosting, production, and editing by Christian Alexanderson. Music by John Sauer. Graphics by Uncle Traveling Matt's Random Expedition. <laughs>